and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Hello and welcome to the FLM podcast, Free Like Me. My name is Caitlin Lambert and I'm a senior advisor here at FLM. So without further ado, let's kick off the next episode. Margaret Mitchell wrote in her book, Gone with the Wind, death, taxes and childbirth. There's never any convenient time for any of them. What Margaret didn't know was that there is in fact a convenient time to start planning for your taxes And with the tax year ending on April 5th, now is certainly the best time to be considering what to do. So in order to help you along with this, I've invited today my colleagues, Nick and Georgie, to help this discussion. So why don't we start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourselves and your roles. Nick, let's start with you. Thanks very much, Caitlin. Well, yeah, my name's Nick, and uh, we've got a very Australian theme to the podcast today, which I'm sure is always welcome, if, if whether George thinks so or not, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I've been over here 14 years and been with FLM for six of those, and, um, you know, similar to you and, and to George as well, what we do is really just look after people, help them with their finances, make sure they're being tax efficient where possible. Brilliant. And I, I know you probably feel the same as me, Nick, but there are certainly uh, lots of complicated um, regimes when it comes to taxes and financial planning in the UK compared to Oz. So plenty of ways in which we can help our clients. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, and I guess cross-border sort of finance and tax is something we seem to be doing increasingly as well. So having that, you know, the sort of quite international element of FLM always helps as well. Great. Yeah. And George, what about you? So I'm Georgie. I work at FLM. I've been here for seven years now. Um, And as an advisor, I guess similar to both you and Nick, I also have my own clients um, who who I work with. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So Nick, we are coming up to the end of the tax year. What would you say our listeners need to know first and foremost about preparing uh, for the tax year end? Okay, thanks. Look, I mean, I think we could all agree that HMRC certainly isn't making things easier or simpler as time goes on in terms of various allowances, how they change. And over the last few years, we've seen more and more allowances be tapered as well, which, you know, really very much do come down to the pound and penny of earnings, etc. So, you know, I always say to clients, the most important thing for them to know is actually just basically where they stand. You know, what do your earnings look like and how they're going to affect your allowances? Um, You know, we need all that information really so that we can actually get deep into the nitty gritty of things, pound and pennies, and put a meaningful plan in place for clients. Um, I think on the previous podcast, we spoke a bit about, you know, changes in capital gains tax, which is a really strong and important one right now that we're going to see. You know, we've got so many unknowns that are going to be coming up on the budget. We don't know what Mr. Sunak's going to change. And, um, and we need to be aware of that. So right now, what we're doing is making sure that any clients who have assets that can be rebased, such as share portfolios, unit trusts, etc., that the gains are washed out where possible. Um, and basically, just the more information that the client knows about their current situation means that we can really make sure that we're fine tuning their tax situation so that they don't have to uh, 
pay more than they ought. Yeah, and I think it's it's also true for preparing for the following year, isn't it? It's it's about taking stock of where you're at now, making sure that you, you're prepared for the end of this tax year, but then also starting to think ahead and, and look forward to planning it into the following year. Well, that's right. I think there's always an element of carrot and stick in terms of what we do. And I think some clients, um, you know, actually really need that and they do appreciate it. But just being, you know, to, to lay out some road markers along the way for them so they know where they are, sticking to a plan that's actually going to get them where they want to be financially. And it's, and it's you know, times like the end of the tax year, which form a really sort of, I guess, a natural dovetail to people's current situations to, to take stock of what we've been doing, how that's all going where they stand at the moment and where we've still got left to go. Yeah, definitely. And so while tax planning is is obviously a really important part of financial planning, we know that it's it's not the only part and it's essential that tax planning strategies really fit in with the kind of wider financial planning piece. So what would you say on the um you know on the tax efficient investing front what would you explain to our listeners around those and, and how they fit in to our clients lives yeah well it's a, i mean you know it's it's in a in a funny way it's a very personal question that one you know i think um there's there's no there's no you know one size fits all solution which you know to be honest it's what makes our job interesting and i think what makes clients appreciate what you know how we help them specifically as well you know i mean this sort of this time of year, end of tax year, we're always, you know, the, the, you've got the basics of your ISA and your pension allowances. Um, and it's really important to make sure that any firepower you've got to to build those up has been done. And, and then it goes back to, um, you know, it goes back to that point about having all the information that we need to hand because, you know, with the, I think a lot of people um, missed the missed the statement last March because COVID shortly came, came among us shortly after that and we went into lockdown. Um, but we've been dealing with a lot of clients, for instance, who don't realise their pension allowance now gone down to £4,000 a year. And I suspect there are probably a lot of people out there in the UK who are going to be facing quite large tax bills from over contributions when they do their tax return nice and early in the summer this year. Um, so that's always, you know, the, the, the sort of founding um, basis of what we do really is starting off with those ISA and pension allowances where appropriate, make sure they're filled with poss- where possible. And then we can go on to some more interesting things. And I think, I think George had a couple of ideas on that front as well. Yeah, so I think that you're absolutely right, Paul. We would definitely start with, with things like the pensions and the ISAs. And they're the more obvious things that we work on. And then the next stage would be to look at things like venture capital trusts or even enterprise investment schemes. Um, I think, you know, VCTs are obviously going to be something that you come to later. Um, and and I think, you know, even with enterprise investment schemes, those are the sorts of things that are they're actually better to do at the beginning of the year. But, you know, you can always go back and use previous year's worth of allowances as well, um, which, which can be a really useful tool in terms of, of tax planning. So that's something that we would we would always consider. So we touched on tax and pensions in our last episode, but Georgie, it'd be good for you to give us a bit more of an explanation around what uh, people should be considering it when it comes to pensions and the tax year end. So I think with pensions, the key the key allowances that people are always aware of is that you have an annual allowance. And so for most people, that's £40,000 that you can contribute in a tax year. Um, now, despite that sounding relatively straightforward, actually HMRC have made it quite a lot more complex in that it very much depends on how much you earn um, and that will that will really impact your allowance. So first of all, if you earn less than £40,000, then you can put up to 100% of your earnings into a pension in any tax year. 
And then correspondingly, if you earn more than that, the rules changed last year um, at, at the beginning of the, of the current tax year. So on the 6th of April last year, they changed so that this year, if your earnings are over £240,000, then your annual allowance will start to be reduced. So for every £2 over £240,000 that you earn, you'll be tapered down. And once your earnings are over 312000 then you'll only be able to put £4,000 in. So that's obviously had a really big impact for people. And it's really important to make sure that you know where you stand in terms of that allowance and to make sure that if there's any unused allowance that you have actually, you know, maximised it as far as possible. Uh, And equally, I think, as Nick referred to earlier, that if you've exceeded that allowance, then you need to know what to do, how to report it and to make sure that actually you're planning to, to make the necessary adjustments so that next year you won't fall foul of that rule again. The other thing that people can do that often people haven't or aren't really aware of is that you have the ability to go back three tax years and use up to three years worth of unused allowances. So that's known as carry forward. And that's something that, again, is really important to make the most of and and can be a really, really valuable benefit in terms of making sure that you're building up your overall pensions as far as possible. And that one can also be quite confusing for people as well, can't it? Because where you reference the the earnings threshold that affects your allowance in this current tax year and previous tax years, it's it's been different. So I think it's really important for people to have an understanding of what their earnings were in those tax years, as well as what the unused allowances were. Yeah, this is a really complex area. And so it's something that a lot of people have, a you know, really struggled to get on top of on their own. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely makes sense to speak to an advisor about it, because there are a lot of moving parts to how those allowances work. And an interesting thing that I've been discussing with clients actually is due to bonuses not being paid out and uh, reduced earnings or pay cuts for part of the 2021 tax year, some of my clients are actually finding themselves in a position where they have more to put into pension um, than they previously would because their earnings have been restricted due to the situation with COVID. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit of a uh, a little silver lining, obviously earning less is never going to be that great. But if it gives you the ability to go back and put it a bit extra into pension, then, you know, from our perspective, where people are often really restricted, it's it's actually a really good opportunity. Brilliant. And so with these people that are restricted to the, the £4,000 a year, what, what other tax efficient investments would you be recommending that they start considering um, before the end of the tax year? So two key areas to look at here in terms of being able to reclaim tax relief. So the first of those, we would normally start looking at venture capital trusts. Um, It's a very different style of investment, typically much higher risk. And what you're doing is you're investing into young UK companies. But the benefit of doing that is that the government recognise that you're investing into an area that they want to generate and funnel funding into, but they're also trying to compensate people for the additional risk they're taking. So you get a tax relief um, against income tax that you've paid. That is 30% of the amount that you put in. You can put in up to a maximum of £200,000 in any given tax year. And so actually you can start to generate some quite substantial tax savings by doing that as well. The next place that we would look at would also be something quite similar, but it's called enterprise investment schemes. Uh, These are typically companies who, rather than investing into a pooled selection of companies, you'll be investing into individual companies. And so Again, this is even taking a slightly higher step up on the risk spectrum where you would typically expect to see um, a lot more 
varied returns. So some of them will do really, really well, but we often expect some of these investments to maybe struggle a little bit. So it's really important to get advice around what you're doing in that area. Great. And and why and when should you be looking at these relative to the end of the tax year? So actually, with, with enterprise investment seniors, I'd really say that the best time to do that is early in a tax year. Um, but again, with all of these things, you know, the tax year is often the things that drives people to want to make sure that they've got everything in line and, and enterprise investment schemes, you can actually carry back your relief to the previous tax year. So that can be a really great benefit. But if you're investing into a company that is then going to make sure that you're in a diversified you know, portfolio underneath that, then that's going to take time for them to invest your funds. So typically it can take between sort of nine and 18 months for that to get fully invested. So the earlier in a tax year that you do it, the better for your investment experience and making sure that you're going to get the relief in the tax year in which you actually want it. For VCTs, they actually operate quite differently and, and typically they will start to raise funds in the autumn and again towards the end of the tax year because they recognise that actually that's a point at which people often get bonuses uh, and often you know they know that the end of the tax year focuses people's minds a bit more. So that's why we might look at VCTs at that time of the year instead. So we also know there's a lot of confusion around inheritance tax. And how can listeners be prepared for this? And are there any key points that we should be considering? So inheritance tax is quite a complex area. And, and it definitely has seen a lot of change, or not a lot of change, but it's definitely seen some change um, in recent years with things like the residence no rate band. I, I think from our perspective, one of the things to do first um, in terms of looking at inheritance tax is to establish what your IHT position is and to really get a good understanding of what the liability might look like. Um, and then actually, I think a slightly surprising area for people is that people are often really worried about inheritance tax. And, and in my experience, I think people tend to say, oh, I really want to make sure that I can pass as much on to my children or, or whatever it might be. But actually, I think people often don't realise that if by doing that, it's actually at the expense of really making sure that your own position and your retirement is secure first. So I think, you know, the first two things have got to be what does the inheritance tax position look like? The second thing is going to be making sure that you're absolutely on top of your own retirement and that, that that's completely in hand. And then after that, you, you can you can go on to looking at what your options are, um, and really getting a good understanding of where you're going to have to, I, I guess it comes back to whether or not you want to give away control of your, your assets. And so for some people, gifting is something that they're not that comfortable with. Um, and so then it's looking at, well, what other options are available? And, and there are plenty of other options, um, but it's going to be very personal to the individual. And, and I think that's where an advisor can really help you get a good idea about what's going to be best. And of course, the difficulty that we have is that the um, the biggest thing about inheritance tax to plan around is that we don't actually know when clients are going to die. <laughs> and as Margaret Mitchell said, it's never a convenient time. It's never a convenient time. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and also remember, um, Georgie, there are always the simple versions as well, like, uh, you know, a simple life policy placed into trust to to tackle a um you know an expected inheritance tax liability the earlier that's done of course the better because the premiums will be lesser over the years yeah absolutely and and you know that's that's one of those things where you can look at options where you're not gifting funds away and and i think it's going to be about understanding you know what all of your options are before you actually start making decisions about what you're going to do about your inheritance tax i suppose that's where 
cash flow planning and, and using different tools and software to really look at at the long term as we all prepare for living a lot longer than the previous generation can be really, really important. Yeah, so important. I've, I've actually recently started reading uh, The Hundred Year Life, which talks a lot about that and um, and about but how important financial planning is in making sure that, you know, making sure that you, you can effectively plan for for living that much longer than people would have originally expected. I do think after this year, everyone is feeling a little bit more mortal than they were previously, though, I would say. So, Nick, are there any other important areas of tax that you would say often get overlooked come year-end? It's it's quite easy to get um, caught up in the headlines, I suppose, things like pension allowances. And and George mentioned that, you know, with so many people getting paid bonuses, etc. in March, combined with the tapering of both personal allowances and your pension allowance, that becomes often the main focus because we're always in a mad scramble to actually work out exactly what they look like. But there are, you know, it's, it's important not to forget the basics as well. Um, you know, just being aware of the tax bracket you're in, what the opportunities are that you could potentially do, and making sure that you're covering off the basics as well, being aware of what tax bracket you fall in, Look, utilising simple things like your dividend allowance, checking those, what they look like, um, savings allowances as well. You know, if you're, if you're married, start thinking about your spouse and what allowances they might have, uh, potentially holding assets in the, under the name of a, the lower earnings spouse to save some tax there. Um, you know, I think this is where an advisor can really come into in, into their own and really make um, tangible and multiple differences to a, a family's financial security just by making small, um, you know, almost superfluous tweaks that are actually going to greatly reduce the amount of tax that they're paying. Yeah, and I suppose that on that note, there are also allowances that can be utilised for children as well. Well, that's right. And the junior ISA allowance, of course, has been... Um, well, I guess just over doubled in the last year. That was a that was an uns, that was a, a surprising rather um, element of the statement last March, and where, where that's gone up to nine thousand pounds a year. And th- those are seriously useful, of course, to to try and um, you know not only put aside some money which is going to be which is going to grow in a tax efficient way and and give your children a bit of a start in life, be that for university education or a, a deposit on a home, um, and also you know once they're of an age that you feel it's appropriate to, to really start those financial planning motions with your children as well and start to give them a, a good financial education, which is, uh, I think, you know, we've we've seen to be pretty lacking in, uh, in, in, in schools generally. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other really important thing that people probably aren't aware of is that these allowances very much are use it or lose it. So, you know, come 6th of April, you, you don't have that opportunity to make up for lost time. And particularly when, when you know, obviously the junior ISA, the allowance has increased, but when we're talking about pensions, um, which we're seeing the allowances decrease, I think it's as important as ever to, to be taking advantage of these while we can. That's right. I think if, if what we've seen from, you know, the first, you know, when, when Osborne stood up back in 2015 and pretty much every budget since then, the way that things lurch around and change, it really is a... a you know that it, it it shows the point that use the allowances as soon as you can before they're changed yet again generally yeah so it's probably not a bad time to be you know reviewing surplus cash available you know disposable income etc um in preparation that's right so how can a financial advisor help our listeners get ready you know what would be you know the, the kind of the, the three steps that you would recommend that people start with if it's all feeling a bit overwhelming and daunting and there are lots of 
things that they don't understand. Well, I think, um, you know, I sort of mentioned, uh, you know, only half joking earlier, the, the kind of stick and carrot role that often we have to uh, have, have to apply. I think, you know, having a financial advisor on your side working for you just means that things don't slip through the cracks, you know. I mean, the 5th of April in itself is sort of, you know, as a standalone item, a kind of weird date. It's very easy for clients to not even think about it, to not consider tax year end, to not consider where they're standing financially. If you have one of us who's looking at these for you every day, then we can make sure that if we're, you know, if there are opportunities for clients to actually as we were talking about, utilize allowances, save some tax, then um, then just being the driving force of that rather than having people not really pay it much attention. I think that's probably one of the most valuable things we do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think knowing the position that you're in um, is, is the first step and is always the most important step in terms of understanding then where you go and what you can do about it. And I think when it comes to the end of the tax year, you've got so many different options and, and it's really important to make sure that um, – you know, you kind of prioritise the right things. And we wouldn't necessarily expect clients to know what those things are. But that's what our job is. And that's why we're here. Brilliant. And for anyone looking for any more information, please do reach out and we'll be happy to share some briefing notes with anyone. Well, thanks, guys. I think we've basically covered it all off there. There's definitely a, a lot to be considering. And, you know, I know my personal situation, I'm certainly taking stock of where I am at the moment and trying to get as as ready as possible um, pre-next tax year. Um, But yeah, thanks for your time. It's been really insightful and I hope that our listeners have found it really useful. I hope so. My pleasure. Thanks, Caitlin.